Okay, we're going to record this story now. It's called Donkey, Not Monkey and the Nuts. It's a story from It's a Rum Life, Book 3, Ivy House, 1970 to 1984. This story from about 1975. It was during the time we were working for Alan Hubbard, an animal feed merchant from Sleaford. All Alan's business seemed to be in Wales. Wild Wales, that is, well beyond the border country and into those high hills and mountains. During the 1970s, many English folk had sought life anew in rural Wales. Farms were for sale at low prices, and it was not until these folk with their rose-tinted glasses had spent a winter or two in their new adopted country that they realised just how hard and difficult life could be. Those winters in the mid-1970s were dire for the small farmer in Wales. Summers had been wet and the hay and straw crops were virtually non-existent. They were desperate for these staples to keep their animals alive over the winter. Alan had approached us and asked us to take loads of hay and straw to the small farms of central Wales. Access to these farms was very difficult, in fact impossible for large lorries. The lanes were so narrow with high banks and hedges. Then there were the short steep hills. In fact, after a season carting fodder of all sorts to Wales, we had had enough. We'd suffered so many nightmare journeys, I personally could not face going to Wales again for anything. You see, getting into Wales is easy enough, but once you are at the border at Hay-on-Wye or Welshpool or Newtown, the problems then begin. One had already driven for many hours from eastern England, and there were just as many hours to go to your destination in the countryside of Landovery, Devil's Bridge, Lampeter, Landilo, Landissel, and Newcastle Emlyn. This was wild country, with many farms on the top of those hills behind narrow walls and gateways. That was not the only problem, though. Alan was not always fair. Some of the fodder we carried was wet, and sometimes by the time we arrived at our destinations, it was too hot to touch, and certainly not fit feed for animals. Admittedly, much of the fodder was good, but getting it there was so difficult. One night, I had the Bedford KM 16-ton lorry with a load of about 350 small bales of straw collected from a field in Cambridge, where I had been pulled out of the field after loading by a crawler tractor because the lorry was so deep in mud. This did not bode well. But all was okay until I arrived in the Principality, somewhere in the south not far from Merthyr Tidville in the Brecon Mountains. I arrived at a railway bridge that seemed lower than normal, so creeping forward slowly at something like 2am in the morning, I found myself stuck. The load was softish, being straw, and I had to remove the ropes at the front and move the outside row of bales to the centre, where there was daylight, or rather, rather moonlight. The idea was to follow the curve of the bridge. The load is not only roped but also sheeted to give it extra security for that long journey. Very complicated. 
removing the securing ropes and rolling back the sheet down a quarter of the load, rearranging it all then, replacing the ropes so the load did not all fall out onto the road. Then restarting halfway down and finally the rear end. I did eventually extricate myself and the load, but it took over two hours of very hard work. It's a good job I was still young. That was one of the worst. I was somewhere, I was due somewhere near Ammonford in the hills and eventually did get the load to its destination. Now and again I managed to get a backload of cauliflowers from Kidwelly, where the Marshall brothers from Butterwick, near Boston, had another farm. They were the people that had sold us this particular second-hand lorry. And their farm was close to the sea. There they grew early produce helped by the warmth of the Gulf Stream. Most of the time, though, we were so exhausted, we just wanted to get home. Now you have some idea of the problems involved in transporting products to the farmers of Wales, we'll move on to our actual story for today. This time, I was carrying animal feed in half hundredweight sacks. Feed nuts, we call them a concentrate product put through a machine in an animal feed factory that made it all come out in short dry lengths suitable for animals to chew. This load was to go to two farms, five tonnes to each, which meant that each farm had a delivery of 200 bags of feed, that is 40 half hundredweight bags to a tonne and five tonnes. The first delivery was to the region of Conwell Elford. That seemed okay when planning the journey, except that the farm was on top of a hill that the lorry would not go up. Lots of these hills were short and very steep with tight corners. This particular hill was so bad, the lorry began slipping its clutch in bottom gear halfway up. I had no choice to be reversed slowly with one foot on the accelerator keeping the engine revving hard to keep the air up in the brakes as I slid backwards down the hill. The brakes eventually gave out and I ended up ramming the roadside bank at one side. A number of bags were burst but still contained by the lorry sheet. I gave up on that one and went on to Newcastle Emlyn where I had a better access to the farm. There was just a girl here, and she told me to unload the nuts into a barn. Nobody to help, so in the farmyard I backed up and began. It was getting dark by the time I finished, unloading all those 200 bags, and decided I would have to stop here and continue the next day. The girl was still around on her own and, I, and said I could take my sleeping, sleeping bag into the kitchen where there was a fire in the hearth. Still so, no sign of a farmer. So, just like the farm dogs and without the chance of a wash or any feed, I curled up in front of that fire and slept. After a day like I had experienced, driving from eastern England, problems with that hill and then unloading all on my own, I slept. Next morning, I woke to a dreadful braying from a donkey. There was nobody about. So I gathered my bits and went outside to the farmyard. There, behind my lorry, was a donkey that had managed to unfasten the latch on the barn where I had unloaded the feed nuts. The mess was incredible. 
the nuts were piled in a long double row of perhaps 15 bags, and then the remainder piled on top, overlapping to about shoulder height. The donkey had opened most of the bags on that front row and strewn the feed everywhere. The mess was incredible. Admittedly, the feed smelt quite good, and the donkey had been attracted by that. I just felt fortunate <laughs> that he could not get the remainder of the feed sheeting down on the lorry, ready to go to that farm up that steep hill. I still had not seen anyone at the farm except that girl the evening before. The whole place was quiet and still, except for the donkey. I quickly pushed it out of the barn and closed the door once again, this time jamming a piece of wood under the latch. Then I beat a hasty retreat. I could not see what good I could do by staying. It wasn't my donkey. And who would believe a donkey to be there on the farm, especially a donkey that could open doors? Ah, there are several more nightmare tales to recount from Wales. Maybe one day... I will sit down and tell you some more. There we are. That's the end of that little story from Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. We have a new end to all these stories. Uh, since COVID, we've closed our shop and we don't sell anything. It's all free access on the Internet. You can look at um, all the audio books and audio stories and videos. And there are um, complete books, eight of them, in fact, to download where you like, on whatever device you choose, and look at them when you feel like it. The website to find all this is www.itsarumlife.com Spelling is I-T-S-A-R-U-M-L-I-F-E dot com Itsarumlife.com No gaps. Do have a look. There's hours of enjoyment in watching these things and reading the stories. Um, thank you for listening.